Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. I might be becoming a bad baseball fan who can't enjoy the romantic things because of advanced statistics. 15 years from now, I want to be on the early baseball committee. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. I literally have the fan graphs hoodie, the baseball reference t-shirt, just repping some stats, you know what I'm saying? It's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on another side of the screen is my co-host, Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing extremely well tonight. It's Of course, it's ARR number 250. And as we know, every 50th episode, we get the team together and we do a draft. Uh, unfortunately, Bono Siddhartha could not be here with us tonight. But we got Nico Casella and Rob Dickey with us tonight. Boys, how are we doing for episode 250? Uh, fantastic. The, this one took some homework to get the draft board, but fantastic. Yeah, out of all the drafts that we've done, I'm the most excited for this one. Yeah, the uh, this is an interesting draft that we came up with. A uh, little bit on the fly, but it, you know, whether it was going to happen for 250, it was going to happen at some point probably. And it's the uh, players with that one season draft. And you know, if you don't necessarily get it from the title. You'll understand what we're talking about once we start naming these players because uh, it's it's a lot of it's, it'll probably be a lot of recent players. We'll probably also dive a little bit historically with some of these players. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll we'll get started uh, pretty soon and uh, just breaking down sort of the rule of it. Um, so uh, it is going to be a snake order draft. Uh, what Daniel? What was the order again? So the draft order is myself and then Nico and then you. Chris and then Rob uh, and Rob and I'll get back to back picks real quick. I'll just say this draft uh, actually was an idea that uh, started with uh, diamond digest on Instagram. I write for them. They started like a little mini series and basically it's players that had one season in particular where they just played out of their minds, like statistically way better than they ever had played before in major league baseball. Uh, and these teams are going to be evaluated, not on how good the seasons were on how, or uh, how good the player was overall, but it's going to be how absurd was this season in comparison to the rest of this dude's career. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our teams will consist of uh, catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, three outfielders, a designated hitter, which doesn't necessarily have to be a designated hitter, but it could be just another position player that didn't have room in the field. Uh, and then three starting pitchers and two relief pitchers. Uh, the relief pitchers will probably get pretty fun uh, there. So very exciting. Um, so, yeah, we'll start off uh, here with the first pick of the uh, ARR uh, players who had that one season draft. Yeah, I would just like to say, uh, so we we decided the draft order today. And I knew for months who I was taking with my first round pick. Uh, I only put one player down at this position because I was dead set on taking this guy. I'm talking about a season in which one man put up a baseball reference wins above replacement that accumulates 104% of his career total. If you put this guy, this season out of this guy's career, he is a negative win player. But in fact, he had this season, so he was very good. I am talking about, with the first pick, I am taking 2014 Devin Mesoraco. The catcher from the Cincinnati Reds. Now, listen, Devin Mazzarocco played his first three seasons in the big leagues, and he had a 74 OPS plus. 
And one day during the 2013 to 14 offseason, he woke up and he said, you know what? This year, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to put up an 80 OPS plus. I'm not going to put up a 100 OPS plus. I'm not going to put up a 120 OPS plus. I am going to put up a 147 OPS plus in the 2014 season. And there's nothing that any of you can do about it. And you know what I'm going to do after that? I am never going to record an average offensive season in the big leagues ever again. It's going to be the most random, amazing season that anyone's ever seen. And it's just going to be incredible. And that's exactly what happened. So 2014 Devin Mesoraco is my first pick. Wow. Wonderful. That was fantastic. Um, I've rehearsed that one many times, I'll admit it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of pressure being the first pick in this draft. No, I knew I knew I was going to deliver, no doubt. Jeez, the, stake, the stakes are on. So I'm on the clock? <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Um, so I mean, call me crazy, but is there such a crazy, is it crazy in this draft? Um, I don't want to break anyone's hearts here because I might've hinted at this earlier by accident and he's going number two overall because I heard he was on somebody's draft boards, but let's talk about the man, the myth, oh, the legend, no. Justin Grimm. Wow. The board early. Um, Justin Grimm in the 2015 season. 62 games, 49 innings, call what you want, but have an ERA plus of 192. Um, he had out, I mean, I don't know, for qualifying career um, seasons, there was no no season outside of that where he was nearly close to average. But just like Devin Mezzarocco, you know, Justin Grimm said, you know what, 2015's my year. And, you know, this this is someone that, you know, we could throw him in the, the names you haven't heard in a wild draft. But, you know, I got to shout out the goon. I love them in middle school, so I, I got to give them some love here with the number two overall pick. Yeah, that's a that's a good quality pick right there. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I think Nico's got to be the first person in draft history to take a reliever in the first round. 100%. Like not not just not just ARR draft history, any baseball draft. Yeah, I I, I had to drop the bomb. I'm sorry. No, I, yeah, I respect it's, it. It's uh, it's the kicker in the first round. It's like Sabat. You're like. Justin Grimm is like Sebastian Janikowski. Mm-hmm. Um, my first round pick. Um, I was. It's. I'm go- mostly going in this position because I had a hard time finding players out of this position. It's hard, hard position to pr- produce offense out of, or it just doesn't seem to be that way. Uh, however, I mean, in this, it, it was the year of. It was maybe the best year in baseball history. Uh, and this man was a big part of why it was. Um, so yeah, I when I'm thinking about players who had that one season, I'm thinking about Fred Dunlap in 1884, who led the Union Asso- Association in the entire uh, quadruple slash line, posted a 256 OPS plus, I believe better than any OPS plus Babe Ruth ever produced, uh, which is absolutely insane. Uh, and then the Union Association, if you don't know, uh, it lasted for one year, and that year was 1884, and then it disbanded, and uh, Fred Dunlap went back to the National League, which is the most competitive uh, league in that time, and uh, never posted an OPS plus above 123 afterwards. So, uh, so yeah, Fred Dunlap, uh, my first pick off the board, uh, he uh, definitely, definitely earns his first round uh, status here. Death taxes and dead ball Christianta. Yeah, I feel like I should have saw that coming, but I still didn't. 
Um, so I think that brings it to me for two right now. This is kind of crazy because a couple of the guys that I thought would have gone in uh, in the first round before me have not. So I'll start with, I feel like, what I thought was one of the more obvious ones, probably because it's one of the more well-known ones. Um, just, you know, not necessarily among casual baseball fans. I'm sure that they might not even know this guy's name, but just like you guys are definitely going to know it and go, oh, yeah, that was that was the one. Uh, it's Brady Anderson. I mean, yeah. Brady Anderson in 1996. You, you kind of agree with me that, that was a, kind of the obvious one? Yeah. I thought he was 1-1. One, one. 50, what'd you say, Nico? I thought he was going to be the 1-1. One, one. I thought he was too. I thought he was too. 50 home runs, an OPS of 103.4 with a 156 OPS plus. He got MVP votes, was ninth in MVP voting, was an all-star for one of only three times in his career. I mean, he has he has other solid seasons. Like, I'm looking right here. His career high in home runs other than the 50 is 24. Like, that's that's pretty solid, I guess. OPS plus of 129, but nothing like that 1996 season. What do, what do you think he did differently? Um, I would say that he I would say that he talked to Barry. <laughs> uh, he, he had a well-balanced breakfast. Can we can we appreciate the first round being Devin Mesoraco, Justin Grimm, Fred Dunlap, and Brady Anderson? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the diversity in these picks is amazing. Show that to a baseball fan and just say, Can you guess what this draft is about? Oh my god. Never. Never. <laughs> Um, and my second one was going to be because uh, I actually had some scarcity at this position. Um, I'm sure that you guys are going to pull a bunch of great ones that I'm like, oh, yeah, that would have been better than mine. Um, and that is uh, Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver is still an active player. So, I mean, technically, there's still time for him to prove me wrong of taking him with the fifth overall pick. But. I mean, what was Mitch Garver doing for Minnesota when he hit 31 home runs in just 311 at-bats? Like, that blew my mind today when I was researching and doing all that stuff. I knew that he had a fantastic season. That's what led me to, to search him. And I didn't realize how just absolutely incredible it was. 995 OPS for a catcher. That's That reminds Minnesota of their old catcher back in the day. But Mitch Garver is my second pick. There, there was something in the water for that Minnesota team. I don't know what it was. Everyone was going yard. Bomba squad. Yeah, the the baseball is the amount of 20 home run seasons in 2019 from players who did not deserve 20 home run seasons is absolutely astounding. <laughs> Shout out to Brett Gardner. <laughs> Another um, guy that could have gone in this draft, maybe he still will. He could he still could. Sorry if I spoiled that. Um oh yeah, so that is my that leads to my second pick. Uh, this pick, I also had trouble finding players in this position, and I think this is a great value pick, and obviously no one's going to remember. Maybe my dad will because he's a Red Sox fan who grew up in this period of time. Um, but uh, this guy uh, played for the Red Sox. Uh, Rico Petroselli in yeah. 1969 had 10 baseball reference war, which is more than double his next best season. Uh, and he had 40 home runs. And he had no other season with at least 30 home runs, and he had his best OPS by 177 points. So I think having a 10-war season without having any other five-win seasons, is uh, I think that gets you on that, that list. So oh, shout out to Rico Petroselli of the 1969 Boston Red Sox. So that leads to Nico. We're going to keep the trend here with Red Sox. This one might be a shock, but looking back on it, I was like, 
like I always knew that, you know, it, it was a lot of money. He was very average, but like it, it pains me to put him in the second round here. But Dice K in 2008 was him. And, you know, like he came out of the scene, you could say in 07, you know, he was slightly, you know, he was just barely average. Then in 08, he's like, you know what? I'm going to have, you know, a great season. 160 ERA plus, um, you know, led the league in, wa- in walks allowed. Um, and, you know, finished fourth in Cy Young. And then he's like, you know what? After that, my best season is going to be 93. He, it's, it, we gotta, I don't know if we're going to keep the Red Sox trend going. Dice K's got a special place in my heart. But, you know, as someone that wasn't there in 08 and just looking back on it, you're like, holy hell. <laughs> He won those ball games. Yeah, he did. What was his record that year? Like eighteen, eighteen three, or something like that. Yeah, he was eighteen and three. <laughs> hey man, listen, he, he won the ball games. Um, I am unfortunately going to break the Red Sox trend here, but I think I think you'll understand why. I only found out about this season, like definitely within the last year, and I can't believe how little attention it gets because it was it's just absurd. Uh, for my second pick, I am going to be taking uh, a fur. No, wait, what what position was he? I think he was an outfielder. Um, I'm taking no. Is he a first? He's a first baseman. Okay, I'm gonna take my first baseman off the board. I'm taking 1961 Norm Cash from the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> if you don't know 1961 Norm Cash, I don't blame you, but you should. He had first of all, I mean, you probably not know him because there was some something else that happened in 1961 that a lot of people paid attention to. But he put up an 1148 OPS and a 201 OPS plus in 673 plate appearances. Like he qualified and then some, and he put up those insane numbers. Uh, the, his next best OPS plus in the season was 149. So it was 52 points lower. Uh, he, he put up 9.2 baseball reference wins above replacement that season. And the next best was 5.4. I, I don't know how in, like that season gets no attention nationally, but Norm Cash just put up an absurd year. Uh, in 1961, and got fourth in the MVP voting for it. By the way, I remember that yes, season like it was just yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 61. Yeah. Uh, speaking of seasons, you remember like it was just yesterday. My second pick. I'm gonna take my ace off the board. I, I, you know, in this moment, you know, this season was actually recent. Like we all remember this season. I didn't realize how absurd it was compared to how he is throughout the rest of his career, but I'm taking 2018 Blake Snell off the board. Uh, 2018 um, American League Cy Young winner. I believe he was unanimous. If not, he got like 25 to, 20 to 30 votes. He had a 217 ERA plus and a sub-2 ERA that year. His next best ERA plus in any season since then has been 127, so 90 points higher uh, in, 20, in 2018 than he has been at any other points. He had 7.1 baseball reference wins above replacement that season. And as of this recording, that makes up 48.2% of his total uh, baseball reference wins above replacement. He achieved that in just one season. So 2018 Blake Snell is coming off the board for me. It's kind of sad. And now he's now he's a meme who pitches, you know, four and two-thirds innings every start with 107 pitches. <laughs> Sounds about right. That leads to Nico. Oh, okay. Wow, look at that. Here we are. Oh yeah, second pick of the third round. Okay. Um this this man here, he had a this also is a repeat I think from a previous draft that we've done. Um just got to get the reference page up cuz I had him up earlier. Um actually we're just going to throw it to the phone so I'm not leaving you guys wondering, but this man here, 
Um, back in, I believe it was 2012, uh, 2013, excuse me. Now, the 124 OPS plus isn't crazy, but, you know, for the only season in his career where he finished over 100, I mean, you know, the it's not the best season in the world, but his only all-star appearance, someone that, I, again, I, I'm just being a little bit nostalgic here, um, but we're going with Dominic Brown. Mm, yes, yeah. sir. How's it going? Had, had a season, and you're like, oh, my God, this dude's 25. What's up next? And there was nothing. There was nothing up next. Out of the league at, at the age of 20, uh, at 27. Uh, looked cool. Was an all-star. That's it. Don Brown. Hey, that is a great pick. Like I mentioned, like, yeah, the 126 OPS plus doesn't go crazy. But when you look at the rest of his career, it's like, wow, he popped off. And then just dip. He's like, I, I got to head out. You guys are going to remember this. Who was Don Brown being shopped for that the other team said they wouldn't do it without him? And the Phillies were like, we're not trading him. Was it Holiday? I honestly don't remember. I feel like it was. I'm going to have to look that up after. But I remember Don Brown from, from that time. I remember he won uh, Player of the Month in May, and that was, like, how I first learned of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for uh, So, as an Xbox owner, um, I always played MLB 2K13. Um, I played it for many, 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 many years. So, team – so players and it was and it was on it was connected to the internet so like people players who did well in 2013 had good ratings and Dominic Brown was absolutely unstoppable in MLB 2K13 uh he was i mean i, I remember in career mode i was i could i hate I, I was career mode as a pitcher i was deathly terrified to pitch to Dominic Brown in MLB 2K13 so that's that kind of says what you need to say about old 2013 Dominic Brown um so I will take, so with my third round pick, I will take my uh, first outfielder off the board because I'm terrified he will go to another team. But this is just a crazy season when you consider just the count statistics this guy put together. Um, and anytime I just randomly saw him on a leaderboard of some sort or in some sort of uh, exclusive, you know, stat club for, for whatever but Darren Erstad in 2000 just was absolutely crazy it's the only season ever with 20 home runs 20 steals and 240 hits the fact that he had 240 hits and then just did not come close to that ever again is uh, absolutely absurd uh he also won a gold glove and it was the best OPS for him by over 110 points uh, so 2000 Darren Erstad uh, goes off for sure. That is a pick off my board. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy he, I was able to get him because it is, uh, it's pretty wild what he was able I to do. I'm very excited to see how much overlap or maybe even lack thereof there is in this draft uh, with like what people are yeah. thinking because there really are so many routes you can go here. Um, yeah, yeah. You even take an outfielder, Chris, because I I thought for a second that um that you had my guy in mind just out of pure panic. Um, but I'm gonna go I'm gonna go back a little bit since most of my players are gonna be recent. I figured I had to take a couple really good ones from you know just just random times of Major League Baseball history. Uh, and with that, I'm going to go with two-time World Series champion manager Cito Gaston. 
for his 1970 season where he was an all-star, received MVP votes, hit 29 home runs, his best by 12 in his career, had a 907 OPS, never cracked 800 again, never even cracked 770 again. Uh, And his only qualifying season with over 100 OPS plus, actually one uh, one of three seasons in his career which he had 100 OPS plus. The other, he had 134 at-bats and two at-bats. So definitely Cito Gaston belongs in my outfield for this draft. This, I, I did, I was not aware of this. This might be the best pick of the draft so far. Cito Gaston? He had, he had 5.1 B-War and negative 0.8 career B-War. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so incredible. For the rest of his seasons combined for ne- over negative five wins above replacement. <laughs> you, you just, I mean, just looking at his category, his reference page, he was absolutely terrible outside of this year. I saw this one, <laughs> and I was like, thank God I stumbled on this. I didn't want to take him incredible. the first round or the, or the second round, but uh, he was definitely the choice when he got to the turn again. Wow. That is an amazing pick. Thank you. <laughs> actually incredible. And the next one I'm going to go with, um, I think definitely could could slip, should slip, um, but I, I personally cannot let it slip because when you are, uh, let's see, when you are 12, 12 years old, right, and, a man, and you are named Robert Anthony Dickey, and a man named R.A. Dickey wins the Cy Young. You just simply can't not take him 11 years later in your one season's draft. So I know that R.A. Dickey has had a couple of nice seasons here and there, you know, whatever. But we're talking league leader in innings pitch, game started, strikeouts, batter space, Cy Young Award winner, all-star for the first time in his career. R.A. Dickey was the man in 2012, and I do not care that I'm taking him too early. He is mine. No, I mean, we're talking about a guy who struck out almost a guy per inning with a knuckleball. Mm-hmm. Like, that's absurd. Yeah. I, I cannot be happier to have him on my team. Yeah, you also, this is points for you, by the way. Uh, you mentioned first all-star appearance, only all-star appearance. Only all-star appearance. Only Thank all-star appearance. For me. Only all-star appearance. Uh, he was a gold glover, though. Different yeah. Thing, but that's yep. cool. but uh, R.A. Dickey, that's my guy right there. The knuckleball did not turn out to do well with the air in Canada, I guess. No, it did not. Uh, that was uh, that was the Noah, Sind- Noah Syndergaard trade, right? Yeah. Who else was, was a Travis Darnell trade? Who did you say? Travis Darnell. Travis Darnell was in that trade. There it is. You have to just like if you're I know this is off topic, but if you're Josh Tolley, do you know how happy you have to be to have Ari Dickey? Like, you know, like you're you're only on a team because you can only catch. Like only yeah. catch him. You have one legit job. Like, not That's even just be crazy. a catcher. It's Josh like, Tolley. He was like his like Patterson chauffeur. Yeah. yeah, that's it's like the, the scene in uh the scene in 22 Jump Street where it's like uh they invite they invite Channing Tatum into the to the Fred, but they have to bring Jonah Hill in as well because they're brothers. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So here, there's some. There's a lot of different directions you could go in. Um. I'll choose to take a starting pitcher off the board because I feel like I feel like we all kind of are aware of this season. So I wanna I wanna take it first here. Uh. 
and this is a recent season. This is an active player, so we could outdo this. This could be, you know, an old takes exposed here. But so far, uh, Kyle Freeland has had that one year. Uh, he had a 166 ERA plus for the Rockies in 2018. Uh, hasn't had anything above 123 in a full year. Uh, he had 7.7 B war, never had anything above 3.4 uh, in any year. So, yeah, and he got fourth in the Cy Young behind a great class of Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, and Aaron Nola, and then it was Kyle Freeland. Uh, but, yeah, he hasn't really been doing too much uh, since then. So uh, I will take 2018 Kyle Freeland. So uh, Rob Rob's pick of Ari Dickey makes makes this pick a little bit easier for me because like this guy he had a couple good years but then there's some space in between. I'm talking about the man that has the fifth highest OPS plus since the year of 2000 at the catching position. Um, we're gonna go with 32 year old 2003 Javi Lopez. Hmm. Uh, you know he had it like if you look back you know he was a two time All Star in 97 98 and then after that season. Four mediocre seasons. And then he says in 2003, woke up, cracked the bat or cracked his back. And was like, you know what? This is this is the time I come back to life. 169 OPS plus 43 ding dongs, 328, 378, 687 OPS over one. Finished fifth in all in uh, MVP voting. And then after that, you know, he just he regressed a little bit, had a couple seasons in Baltimore and then, you know, out the door in 06, three years later. Um, gonna be real. I mean, I I'm not I I'm, I don't want to call myself a casual. Did not know this name. Did not know this name. And I saw that, and I was like, a catcher that could hit in the early 2000s. You should have you should have watched the uh, the episode where Chris and I talked about the 1995 Braves. Yeah, shout out as uh, episode 35. Shout out Morgan Wallen for for all the drafts. Did that too. That was a different year. So I'm taking my first outfielder off the board. This is definitely a guy that I think we could have had in the I haven't heard that name in years draft. He's also a guy that I uh, had on my, my on my custom team in MLB 2K12 on the Wii. Uh, give me 2010 Andres Torres from the San Francisco Giants. Uh, this man put up a pretty solid year in 2010. And that was kind of most of, of what he had to offer throughout his big league career. He put up a 122 OPS plus. Uh, his his next best OPS plus in a season with at least 400 plate appearances was 86. Uh, and again, he was 122 this year. So pretty outstanding. He had 5.3 baseball reference wins above replacement this year. And that made up over two thirds of his career total uh, in about, what, like eight seasons, I think it was. Uh, no, nine seasons. I'm sorry. So, I mean, Andres Torres had that one year, man. Just like everyone else on this on, in this draft, he had that, that one year. And for my second pick, uh, you know, this guy was a solid player overall. But, I mean, he just went off in this one year. I'm going to go for my third baseman. I'm going to take uh, 1973 Daryl Evans. And 1973 Daryl Evans put up a 9.7 Fangraphs wins above replacement, tied for the most ever at the position. Uh, Adrian Beltre is tied with him. Nobody else has had a better Fangraphs wins above replacement season at, at third base than 1973 Daryl Evans. Hey now, yeah. Um, I I don't want to like look at the stats because I want to see the reaction to to this pick here. 
um, because this is someone that had a career. But, however, when you're talking about a good season, this man had a good season and then had to not even just switch positions, but, you know, completely just switch how he played baseball. Finishing second in the Rookie of the Year voting in 2000, uh, Rick and Keel just forgot how to throw a baseball. I mean, he like I said, second rookie of the year, 134 OPS plus, 175 Ks in how many innings we talking? Uh, or sorry, 194 Ks in 175 innings, and then bro forgot how to pitch. I mean, <laughs> still had a career though. Got to respect Rick Ankeel, but pitcher Rick Ankeel definitely the one hit wonder. Yeah, that is definitely a good one. Definitely a definitely a famous one. Has a lot of notoriety in in the. Uh in the baseball world uh yeah i'm looking at yeah that, i mean that's just a great pitching season i'm, my, I'm looking at right favorite, here. my favorite rick and keel story he went on a rick and keel went on starting nine a bunch of years ago and they asked him like what was the best game you ever had he's like well i pitched nine no hitters in high school uh but like none of them were my best game my best game was i gave up a one hitter and it was like an infield bunt between the or the swinging bunt between like the pitcher and the like the catcher like just found the right place and I hit a walk-off home run, and it was a one nothing game. Shout-out, Bono. All right, so uh, that leads to my fifth-round pick um, here for the – yeah, fifth round, third pick of the fifth round. Um, I'm going to take another starting pitcher because I think I think this is a fantastic – this is this is what the draft is all about here. Um, it goes back um, – goes way back before any of us were born. Uh, not dead ball, though. Uh, but I'm talking about an Angels pitcher by the name of Dean Chance, who won the Cy Young in 1964, never got Cy Young votes in any other year. Uh, he had a 200 ERA plus in this 1964 season, never had one above 130 in his career uh, in any other year. And uh, it is also one of four seasons in the live ball era with 205 plus strikeouts and a sub 170 ERA. But he never got Cy Young votes ever again. So uh, shout out to Dean Chance in 1964. I got a pick. Is that me? Yeah. That is you. Fantastic. All right. Uh, for this one, there were there were a lot of outfielders. I I feel bad taking outfielders off the board, but I just love doing it. Uh, for this one, this is another player that had a career. Um, you know, was a two time All Star. One of the times was this year. Um, two-time Silver Slugger, one of the times was this year. It's just a matter that this season, when you look at their long 18-year career, this season sticks out as so clearly the best one. And that right there is 1996 Ellis Burks. Mm. Ellis Burks Ellis Burks was a monster. I mean, are you kidding me? 40 home runs, 128 ribbies, a 104.7 OPS with a 149 OPS plus, led the league in runs, slugging percentage, total bases, third in the MVP voting, was an all-star and a Silver Slugger Award winner. Ellis Burks, I mean, he had a couple other solid seasons, uh, including one late in his career with Cleveland. Uh, he also played for the Red Sox on that 0-4 team. Shout out, Ellis Burks. Um, but that season really just sticks out when you look at uh, when you look at Ellis Burks' career. I wish and you I got another one. I do have another one. And I was, um, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to leave the reliever for next time. And I think I'm going to go with uh, with my third baseman. 
Um, I am not entirely sure how to say his last name. I don't think I've heard it. I have read about him one time before uh, I was doing my research today and saw him again. And when I saw him again, you ever like read something way back and then it connects one day when you see it again? Well, that was Billy Gravakowitz. I don't know. <laughs> Anybody? Okay, look him up. It's Billy and then it's G-R-A-V-A-R. K-E-W-I-T-Z. And his 1970 season, when he was an all-star, was fantastic, let me tell you, for his standards. Hit 17 bombs. Never hit more than five in a season ever again. 84 runs batted and never had more than 16 in a season ever again. Hit 289 uh, with an 852. How are you finding these guys? This guy had... Huh? How are you finding these guys? I was doing a lot of research today. <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> he's just, he's just seemed like the guy that was going to ban the hawk boner for me. This is a great pick. I mean, how did Chris find his dead ball guy? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> look at, look at the, look at the baseball reference wins above replacement metrics here. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, to add to the Grabkowitz pick, he's another guy who accumulated more than 100% of his war in this season. Uh, he had 6.5 uh, B-War in 1970 and 5.8 total for his career. So all his other seasons combined for negative 0.7. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is spectacular. There you go. <laughs> you know, I can't say his name, but he's gonna be playing third base for me every day. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. Chris, it is back to you. Um, all right, so yeah. Um, I don't know who I'm gonna take next. Um here. So I have one outfielder so far, two starting pitchers. Um a second baseman and a shortstop. Um, so I'll take, hmm, I'll take another, I'll go with an outfielder. Um, this one, I think everybody would remember him, uh, you know, just randomly led the entire triple slash line, led in hits, doubles, triples, home runs, runs scored, RBI, and it was his best season, best OPS in a season by 283 points. And I think we all remember Tip O'Neill's 1887 season uh, in which he did all that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, St. Louis, right? I did he play for St. Louis? Yeah, he played for St. Louis yeah. in the in the American. Can you ask how I'm fond of these guys. <laughs> Oh, dude! I've known Tip O'Neill for for many a year. I I should I tried to straight face it the whole time, I, uh, but once I said Tip O'Neill, I just that's how I felt with Norm Cash. It was hard not to. It was hard not to right now, the season is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah, is... led the led the entire triple slash line, <laughs> led in hits, doubles. Um, uh, yeah, led in hits, doubles. Uh. Triples, home runs, runs scored, RBI, and it was his best OPS in a season by 283 points. Shout out to Tip O'Neill in 1887. See, I, I can't follow that up. Like, <laughs> can I skip the pick? Like, 
You want to trade back? <laughs> um. So I, I, I like the, the funny thing is the first thing I'm gonna say when I try to hike, go right after that pick is this dude. This is not even statistically his best season. Like he came, <laughs> he came into the league, and he he put up a 130 OPS plus. Right. This is back in 2014, and then this is a name that you would hear through the years, and you're like, he's still on a team. And this, he, like, when you say Brett Gardner dead ball or juiced ball era, the the one name that comes to me comes to mind most is a man that has forty seven career home runs in eight years, but twenty nineteen Danny Santana just came <laughs> out of the scene with the Rangers and was like, you know what, I'm gonna put up twenty eight of them bad boys. Yes. <laughs> I just remember seeing him that season and I just kept going like, like if there, if there was no clear person to point out that there was such a thing as juice balls, I was like, Danny Santana somehow found a way to stay in the league and put up 28. Like dude has the power of an Amish household and still proceeded to nearly put up 30. Like it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. That's my favorite pick of the draft so far. (laughs) I remember like how, uh, I think yeah the Red Sox acquired him last year and like I don't it might have been like Nesson or some something like tr- someone trying to promote like oh they got Danny Santana who hit 28 home runs in 2019 <laughs> fake news yeah how did that uh, happen how did that happen <laughs> how in the society did we allow that <laughs> yeah I, I want to watch the film on all 28 of those that needs to be studied um all right, so for my my next pick, I'm sorry if I'm breaking some hearts here, but I mean he was out there too long, and you know I just I I'm sorry I just got to do it, but I'm taking I'm taking my second baseman off the board, I'm taking 1914 Duke Kenworthy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Duke Kenworthy, <laughs> he put up a 159 OPS plus. <laughs> He had a 4.9 baseball reference war, and it made up 73% of his career total. He went off that year. You can't even say it. <laughs> I took another pick to make, dude. This sucks. Um, all right, I'm promised. Obviously. <laughs> dude, he was the best second baseball I found by far on this board. Um. Yeah, anyway, I'll say that again since I couldn't get it out, but Duke Kenworthy in 1914 put up 159 OPS plus. He had a 4.9 baseball reference wins above replacement, and it was 73.1% of his entire career uh, B-War, and it was just a legendary season. He's going to be playing second base with me. Uh, for my next pick, I am going to be uh, taking another – I'm sorry, I'm going to be rounding out my middle infield, actually. I'm going to take uh, – 2001, Rich Aurelia to be my shortstop. Rich Aurelia uh, had a 146 OPS plus at the shortstop position. Probably the best season that anyone had on the 2001 San Francisco Giants. I can't think of anyone else. Uh, His next best OPS plus in a qualifying season was a 102. And again, he put up 146 this year. He just barely cracked average again. Uh, He had a 6.7 B-war this year, and that made up 36.8% of his career total. So those are my two picks. Definitely the best player on the Giants. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
All right, so I'm also keeping with the trend. Like, I, I don't know. I'm loving the old-time picks, but, like, for me, like, I got to remember. Like, I almost have to, like, put a face to a name when I'm like, you know what? I actually, you know, I witnessed part of this, and um, I'm stuck between a couple right now, but I think this one here that I'm going to go with, it's the most interesting because it, it kind of was like a WTF, like, why now? Um, Going back to 2019 here as well. We're staying here, but, like, you know – for someone that was definitely like barely had anything left in the tank, you know, Howie Kendrick kind of spit out a career year, got a ring, and then was like, all right, you know what? He spent one more year in Washington, played 25 games out the door. But I mean, a 146 OPS plus, a 344, 395, 572 slash line. Only season of his career where he had over a five or over a five slugging. Yeah. And, you know, 572 at that. Um, and of course, we know the World Series run. But again, you know, who in 20, if you asked any of us here, I mean, granted, all of us, you know, you know, at the, in like what, 2010, you know, we're all prime baseball minds. But in 2010, we're like, yeah, you know, 2019, Howie Kendrick's going to be the savior for the Washington Nationals. He's going to have his best year. <laughs> yeah, when Bryce Harper's out the door in free agency, you know, the year he got drafted. Uh, yeah, Howie Kendrick did enough that stays to be, to be my uh, 2020 Nationals player to watch. <laughs> so yeah he was awesome that year <laughs> love that um, um oh that's great sorry, sorry. <laughs> all right so now yeah now we're in the seventh round here third pick of the seventh round um it really is hard to choose it's you know, there's a good there's there's some good ones there's some ones where you're like like oh, maybe he had some other good years here um, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a catcher off the board here. Um, and we've seen this guy play actually not even, uh, not even a joke. He's actually on MLB network right now. I think, uh, Alex, Alex Avila, 2011. Um, he had 5.1 B war. The next best he had in a season was 2.2 and he won the silver slugger with a 142 OPS plus. So Alex Avila silver slugger winner. Maybe you forgot about it. I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, he did it. He did it. He did it. I I almost took him, actually, when I took uh, Mr. Lopez. I should have, just for the meme. And we all love Alex Avila. Except, except his dad. Cool, uh, <laughs> yeah. cool batting stance, I remember. He he was a good one to, to imitate. It was just a lean back, little bat back and forth. If you look at his, uh, so he obviously played in the Statcast era. If you look at his uh, batted ball profile in 2017, he was like the best hitter in the league, but like he didn't get the results, obviously, because uh, I mean he obviously did not come close to topping his 2011 overall. But I mean 2017, he had some he had some hard hit balls out there, no doubt. All right, I um I've been going back and forth between a few. Um, I think that the first one, I think I might go two pitchers here. I think go back to back this first one. It's another guy that I'm probably going to take too early. Um, but I really want him on the squad because when I think of, um, the 2010 Pittsburgh pirates, and then I think of all stars from that team, naturally the first person that any of us think of is, is Evan Meek. I mean, the relief pitcher. Evan Meek, who had a career year with a 2.14 ERA, an ERA plus of 189, 
Never have one higher than 122 ever again. Only pitched in five seasons, but he was an all, or excuse me, six seasons, but he was an all-star. And, I mean, come on, he led that Pirates team. Who else? Yeah. Who else? Evan Meek is the pick. Um, Evan the Meek, I believe he was taking the, uh, he was taking the, I haven't heard that name in years draft as well. He was yeah. I think Bonham took him. Bonham took him. I mean, he, when I when I saw that name today, I went, "Wow, I haven't heard that name in years." So <laughs> I don't blame Bob on one bit. Bottle one bit. Since that day, um, in fact. Huh? Since that day, in fact. Since that day, that was the last time I heard about him, which <laughs> was over a year ago, if I'm remembering correctly. So oh, yeah, yeah, that um, that definitely would be it. All right, the next player I'm going to take is going to be another pitcher. Um, you know, probably like you were saying earlier about the 2001 uh, Giants, I think that this player was probably the best player on their 97 team, um, an all-star, 97 Giants, all-stars. It's, um, once again, not sure if the last name is correct or not, but Sean Easties? Sean, Sean East? How do you say it? Anybody? Uh, please hold. Is there like a pronunciation thing on this baseball reference page? Uh, let's see. It's E S T E S. Um, what's spelling of Sean? W N. Okay. Yeah, Eastus. There we go. Sean Eastus. Yeah. Uh, for the nineteen ninety seven San Francisco Giants, uh, posted a three one eight ERA, an ERA plus of one thirty. Uh, only had a hundred and a hundred thirteen in a. Uh, Throughout the rest of his career, and the 100 came in 30 innings, the 113 came in 11. Uh, this was his only all star appearance. He had a bunch of subpar uh seasons after this. The only thing that he ever led the league in after this season was earned runs. So, this is uh, this is number two in my starting rotation behind my boy RA. Beautiful, uh, yeah. Shout out to what was his name again, Sean Eastus. Sean. Eastus. Interesting. Uh is that is that an S H A W N or S H A W N E S T E S. Interesting. Me and the spellings tonight. It's me and the spellings. I like to think the like uh I like to think the people who did well in the late 90s but never did it again, just like didn't like the side effects of steroids and then just reverted back after. Mm-hmm. I, like I think that. that's I think that's what they did. I like that. Um, so I, you know, maybe it's a little bit early to go with a reliever, but I don't think it's ever really early to go with a reliever um, here in the uh, in the players with that one season draft. But uh, I'm talking about a guy who saw that the DH was being implemented in the AL and just did not care. Uh, and he was so good in the relief role. And the voters were probably so stupid about baseball philosophy that they voted him fourth in MVP. But I'm talking about 1973 John Hiller, who led the league in saves, had a 283 ERA plus, which was 98 points better than any other season he had. Uh, and he, yeah, he finished fourth in Cy Young and fourth in MVP. Uh, and shout out to, uh, yeah, 1973 John Hiller. He was on my list. Um, now, here's a question for you. 
it's like I've got, I'm between two starters, which I wish I could take both now looking back on it. Um, but my question is, can are Negro Leagues players like are we including them? I know that I know it's in the stat head because no, I'm, I was looking at this man and he had a very uh, he had a very slim career. Um, six years playing with the Philadelphia Stars. Uh, only one season where he pitched over 67 innings, where he in fact decided to pitch 203. Um, led the league in strikeouts, walks, home runs allowed, hits allowed, games started, complete games, ERA plus of 323. Talk about 1934 Slim Jones. <laughs> Absolutely nasty season. And then, like I said, he had a... He had a career 136 ERA plus and only one season uh, where he, had, of course, had a 323, but his next highest was 107. Uh, and like I said, outside of that one season, he never saw more than 67 innings in a career. He That's said, you know what? I'm putting it all on the line. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that's really great. Uh, all right. I'm going to. Oh, well, oh, by the way, also the triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> no, no big deal on that one. Uh, I am going to take my second pitcher off the board. I'm going to take my second pitcher from the year of our Lord 2018. Uh, this guy had a, you know, had a seemingly random year. He's known for one particular start uh, that did not go his way. That was not in this season. It was in the next season. But I'm talking about 2018 Mike Fulton Nevich. Uh, I mean, what what happened after that year, man? You know, a 143 ERA plus. He was the best pitcher in the Braves rotation as they, you know, as they won their first and at least of what would be many in a row. Uh, it's still going, but his next best ERA plus was 101. He once again, barely cracked average again. He had 4.2 baseball reference war that year. And that made up 70% of his career total. Uh, he, he really also put it out all on the line that year. Uh, and then for my second pick, uh, I got to find him real quick. I'm going to take my second outfielder. Once again, sorry to break some hearts, but I'm going with 19, 1905 Cy Seymour. Uh, <laughs> had a 180, 181 OPS plus this year. Uh, his next best in the season was 137. And he put up a – it's, you know, Cy Seymour is one of those guys, and I definitely noticed them uh, throughout this process. But you go on his baseball reference page, and based on, like, the bolds, you can automatically see which one is the season I'm talking about. Slashing 377, 429, 559 for a 988 OPS for the 1905 uh, Cincinnati Reds. And uh, he he put up an oh eight God. baseball reference war this year. Never put up more than 4.5 in a season. And this season alone, find you, he played 16 years. And this season alone made up a quarter of his total career wins above replacement. So I'm taking Cy Seymour from... Uh, 1905, probably the best guy named Cy that baseball's ever had. Especially I mean, he, in America. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't lead all time in losses, does he? No. Don't think so. No. Wraps back to Nico. Now, I don't know if this is... So I'm not going to take this man solely off of respect, um, but I need to shout him out because I think it's a crazy thing to say. Uh, but when you're really looking at it, you know... Matt Kemp was really him for like two years at most. Um, you know, he had an eight war season and he's not even my pick, but I, I need to, I just want to shout him out. Cause how, I, I don't know. I feel like Matt Kemp's kind of disrespected as we talk about history here, but you know, I, this is almost like a Danny Santana pick when I'm thinking, you know, 
low power guy like this is something that i will never understand when like another thing where i'm like yeah this dude definitely was on the roids no one said a word about it but like what was in jacoby ellsbury's orange juice in 2011 like i got i gotta know like (laughs) dude could never i mean granted you know he had some healthy seasons where he actually played games but for a guy with um 104 career home runs in over 1200 games and you spit out 32 of them on that season. I mean, led the league in total bases at that too. You know, it just is something that when you look back on it, it's weird to call him a one-year wonder. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say he wasn't. You know, yeah. yeah. Someone, someone had to take him. Yeah, he was a top pick because a lot of it. It's not even necessarily doesn't have to do with war necessarily but anytime you have an have a statistical anomaly it's great to point out because you had 32 home runs never more than 16 in any other season ever but if we are gonna talk about war i mean you put up an eight that season next day you only had one other season where he was above five yeah 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 he you arguably arguably should have won mvp but it was uh given to justin verlander and give that Um, man a a peacock we got to see what what it was in that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my, uh, my next pick. I'll, uh, round out my outfield here. Um, this is a random one. I just found just searching through stats, trying to find statistical anomalies. And when you're thinking, uh, you know, late '90s, early 2000s Astros. Uh, there's a lot of legendary players you can think of. Uh, most notably Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio. They were there the whole time. Andy Pettit came in at the end. Roger Clemens came in at the end. Randy Johnson was there for a short stint. And of course, you got Richard Hidalgo, uh, Manning center field for the Houston Astros, where in 2000, uh, he hit 44 home runs, but it was his only season ever even having 30 or more home runs. Uh, and uh, and yeah, his it was the best OPS in a season for him by a lot and yeah I think I think the uh I think I think the the juice was kind of floating around that clubhouse and he was able to smack some homers around more than usual so uh 2000 Richard had Dalgo shout out to him the number of people we've accused of steroid use in this episode like we're gonna yeah. get super definitely you're not no good doubt. you're off the juice <laughs> a lot of people have been um, you are so off the jersey. I'm taking you in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to you for not going back on them the next year. All right, I'm looking. I'm looking right now, and I'm I I I'm having a really tough time uh, deciding between two players, both active, that play the same position, and I'm I'm not exactly sure which one I want to go with. All right. I think I think I have decided I think that I'm going to go with 2021 the most improbable player Don't on say the it. most improbable team of that year it has to be Brandon Crawford I mean what was Brandon Crawford doing in 2021 with an 895 OPS and a 141 OPS plus like that just that's insane to me. I mean, what were the Giants who were winning 108 games? But Brandon Crawford, I mean, his best offensive season by five 
by far, excuse me, post five and a half offensive war, which was by far his best in a single season. Uh, finally, the war wasn't carried by the defense over there because he was just so good at the plate. Hit 24 home runs. That's his career best. Drove in 90, career best. 298 batting average, career best. OPS, career best. OPS plus, career best. I mean, just out of nowhere. After the rumors of his demise were said, I guess they were uh, greatly exaggerated. That's Shane Batty. Yeah, the, the 2021 Giants need to be investigated. Like, not even for bad reasons or, like, any, like, you know, suspicion of, like, cheating or whatever. But it's just, like, how did this team win 107 games and then go back to being the Giants the next year? Uh, complete side note, is B-Craw done after this year, you think? Mm. Uh, he's, what, like 36, 37 now? Yeah. I don't know what his contract situation is at the I, moment. I was, gonna, I was about to look at his contract. Yeah, I mean. He's kind of stinking right now. I don't, I don't really see him getting picked up even for a major league deal at this point. Uh, Brandon uh, Crawford, you are a Colorado Rocky. You are an Albuquerque isotope. <laughs> uh, for my second pick, him and him and Nolan Jones. Actually, he played over. He did play him over Nolan Jones. Go ahead. My second pick. I feel like not that I wasn't gonna do this, but it wasn't as high up on my draft board until I took Mitch Garver. And when I took Mitch Garver, I mean, I I felt like I just had to had to complete the um the duo of. Minnesota Twins that just did something absolutely crazy that are also still active. So Max Kepler in 2019, uh, 36 bombs. Remember that graphic? The thing that that reminds yeah. me of Max Kepler. The Aaron Judge one. Yeah. Yeah. Max Kepler being compared to the best players in baseball during this 2019 season. Just the just the image only around using, Only using count statistics, though. Only using count statistics, of course. His OPS plus was 123 which wasn't significantly better than his 109 next season, but the 109 next season was only 171 at-bats. Over a full 524, a full season, he received MVP votes. Max Kepler, who is a platoon at best these days. Yeah. Does that lead into my next pick? Sure it does. Um, so I think, I think we're all pretty aware of this uh, season. Um, hard to find some at third base, but someone who he finished fifth in MVP voting this year and never got an MVP vote ever again, uh, won a gold glove and silver slugger in this year, never won a gold glove or silver slugger in any other year, uh, had 31 home runs, never more than 14 in any other year. I'm talking about 2012 Chase Headley. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we we got a guy that was stolen finally. Yeah, no, that's that's a solid pick. I sat way too long. I sat way too long. I I also thought about taking him as a DH. Dude, he was the first name that came to my mind when you guys said this draft. Like the first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, six point four B ward, no other four win season uh on him. So yeah. Pretty um, pretty Pretty good season. When we're talking statistically, I think my like this pick and my first round pick, the two relievers I'm gonna take are probably the most one like you know one and done season where you're like, what the what the hell happened? And this is this is also pretty recent. When when Rob said 2021, I kind of held my breath because I really wanted this pick. Um, but like, what did 33 year old Aaron Loop 
do with the Mets <laughs> to produce a 4.22 ERA plus in 56 innings, giving up six earned runs. Like he has a career ERA plus of 128, but 4.22. Did the Angels give him a big contract, and he's been awful for them? What like what happened? Like I'm so that's the point. That's the point. Is what happened. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's perfectly valid. That's a that's a solid pick right there. My my team is being carried out of the pen. <laughs> if you have a lead against Nico's team, it's over. <laughs> if Nico's team has a lead against you, it's over. That's what I meant to say. All right. Uh, what do I do here? I am going to round out my rotation. Uh, because I got something to settle here. Uh, yeah, that's right. You guessed it. I'm taking. Taking 1956 Herb score. <laughs> my rotation. <laughs> the, the random picks continue for me. Herb score in, in 1956. He pitched for the uh, the Cleveland uh, name redactors at that time. And uh, I mean, he just put up an absolutely insane season. Another guy where you, you look at the baseball reference page and immediately you're like, yeah, that's the one right there. Uh, 249 in the third innings pitched. A 2.53 ERA, a 166 ERA plus. He never had an ERA plus above 141 other than that one. He put up 73 B-War and a 14 career B-War. So that season was half of his career uh, in baseball reference wins of replacement. So I will be taking the iconic 1956 Herb score season <laughs> to, uh, to round out my pitching, my, my starting pitching, that is. And I'm also going to round out my outfield. Uh, Taken, you know, when you think of the, the late 90s Mets, you know, you're thinking of Mike Piazza. Uh, you're thinking of just so many, so many guys, uh, you know, you know, David Wright's on the horizon. Jose Reyes is on the horizon, but we're in the present. And I'm talking about 1996 Bernard Gilkey, uh, who did also put up a nuts season. Uh, 155 OPS plus. His next best was 129. Uh, and he had 8.1. He had an eight-win season in 1996 uh, in the heart of the steroid era. Ignore that part. But uh, he he his season was 37.5% uh, of his career B-War. Uh, so Bernard Gilkey is going to round out my outfield. Does this swing back to back to me? Yeah. Yes, it does. All right. Um, let's see. This was the Chase Headley pick for me personally. But um... – we're going to go to 2017 here. Kind of an all-around utility guy. A lot of utility guys on my team looking back on it. We, we play everywhere here. Um, we're going to 28-year-old 2017 Marwin Gonzalez. 303, <laughs> 377, 530 slugging, 146 OPS+. Plus. He had two, or three other seasons that qualified with an OPS that was just barely above average. Um. This dude, uh, I mean, I'm really picking the trend of like, oh, you were a washed Red Sox in like 2020, 2021. Well, you had a peak season at some point in your life, baby. Uh, I wonder what he was on that year. Huh? I wonder what he was doing that year that just, you know, set him off. Uh, I mean, there could be a lot of things. Um, You know, definitely, definitely not the steroids, though. We can confirm that. Um, but you know, 2017 Houston Astros, it's as clean as it gets. They weren't a steroid team. They played baseball the way it was. And, you know, you can just blame it on modern statistics on why he played so well, but, uh, quite, quite the year for Mr. Marwin shout out that 2017 Astros team really, really making a bang. Yeah. 
Krakata. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Pena in 2007 uh, had a 1037 OPS, uh, which is pretty crazy considering his next best was 893. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was best OPS by 144 points. He did it in 612 plate appearances, so not a so- small sample size, 46 home runs. It was his best war by two wins, and uh, it was one of only two seasons he had above 3.1 wins above replacement, and he had 7.2. Um, so, yeah, Carlos Payne had taken my first base spot. Um, I think I'm going to take this player. Um, actually, this is going to be funny because these players played an iconic game against each other. Um, but the first player that I'm going to take, this was the toughest position for me was second base. I'm not sure why. Um, I'll read you the names on my list after this, but I didn't have many. Um, so I'm going to take this player, another active player that's still playing, that put it together one year. And then other than that one year, just never put it together. He'd either hit the home runs or he'd put together a decent hitting season or one or the other or neither. And he's currently doing neither for the San Diego Padres. So give me my boy Ruggio Dor. Um, one one year in 2016, he put it all together. Had an OPS right at 800, uh, a 105 OPS plus, 33 home runs. The most, uh, the craziest thing for Odor for me is that he hit 30 home runs the following year in 2017 with a 63 OPS plus. Yep. That, that seems almost impossible. Yep. That seems almost impossible. So when I was looking at Odor, I saw the 33 bombs and I saw the 30 the following year. And I was like, God, oh, you know, that's not going to work. And I slid over to the OPS plus and I was like, am like, am I reading this right? <laughs> and and I was, so he's, he's going to start at second base for me. Um, you know, what's crazy about that 2016 is his highlight uh, of the season was in the field. Oh yeah. Are you talking about uh, Batista? Of course I'm talking about Batista. The anniversary just uh, passed. That was uh, that was seven years, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just looking at this. Uh, I'm just looking at this 2017 season. Yeah, he slashed 204. Uh, his bat had to have been horrendous if he was hitting all those home runs. 238. I, oh no, no, sorry. 224. Yeah, 224. Not good. Not great. Although not as horrendous as I thought. 252 on base. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he must have struck out a lot too. But May of 2016 was a hell of a month. He got Bartolo homering and then Odor and yeah. Batista punching each other in the face. And that was all in like the same week, week and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It was, like, it was a time to be alive, no doubt. I think, yeah, because Bartolo's home run was on the 7th and the, the fight was on the 15th. So it was a week That's and beautiful. a half. Uh, any guesses for who might have played against Odor in that iconic game? That's going to be my next pick. Uh, are we talking? Uh, when we're talking about the iconic game, the punch game, what'd you say, Dan? Are we talking about the the punch game? Uh, no, I'm talking about uh the Blue Jays. He's on the Blue Jays. Oh, well, I mean they're all the Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm repeating Chris's guess. I'm going Calabello. It is not. It is okay. uh, it is a starting pitcher. It is Aaron Sanchez. Oh, another good. Oh, that's a good one. Aaron Sanchez, yeah. who was seventh in Cy Young Award voting. Uh, finished with a three ERA, went fifteen and two that year. I mean, it still sticks out. It still sticks out. Uh, That's probably the most like memorable win loss record of that year, right? What's that? 
that was probably the most memorable win loss record that anyone had in 2016, right? In 2016, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to spell it out for me. Uh, Rick Porcello. Ah, oh, there it is. Uh, <laughs> the the war of Sanchez was 5.1. He accounted for eight point, or excuse me, has accounted for 8.3 in his career. At this point, it's probably going in the wrong direction anyway. So he'd probably thank me if I said accounted for. But uh, yeah, Aaron Sanchez is going to fill out my rotation. Two Blue Jays in there. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, so yeah, that leads to um, my pick here, which actually I'm tempted to, because it didn't pop in my head until this uh, most recent pick here. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, for my DH, I'll go with, yeah, I mean, he had a 411 BABIP, which probably is the reason why he was able to do so well. But 2015, Chris Calabello definitely hit different, uh, literally and figuratively. He had a 138 OPS plus. Um, His other years in MLB, he had a 74, 85, and negative 36 OPS plus. Um, And he had 0.7 war this year, and uh, the rest of his career combined for negative 1.4. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to give uh, 2015 Chris Caldwell, uh the DH role. You know what's great about this pick? It's not even accusations of PEDs. It's a positive test. Ah, yeah. Yeah, he tested positive. Confirmed. I Goodbye. did not know that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so for my third to last selection in this draft, what a peak draft it has been as well. Um, uh, we're going to go, I finally also found my final selection here. Um, but between the two, which one I like more, which one I'm going to save a little bit longer. Just it really depends on what, what the draft board is. Never thought I'd seriously be contemplating looking at the draft board here and either way <laughs> I'm safe, but, um, we're going to go with a uh, one-time all-star 2017 Zach Cozart. He was like, you know what, 140 uh, OPS plus. The slash line was there, 933 OPS. Uh, hit 297, 385 OBP. For a guy that, you know, just was, he was just Zach Cozart. And I honestly think in 2017, he was still, to many people, just Zach Cozart. <laughs> he, you know? A, hold on. There was a story. Be, keep going. I'm going to find this. But, like, I don't know. This has never been a guy that also – I just seen this now on the reference page, born a day before me. Hey, now, how we doing? Um, same year, right? Oh, yeah, same year. I'm I'm turning 38 this year, baby. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, Zach Cozart, I mean, possibly also could be put on draft of – not a name you don't – like, you haven't heard in a while, but just a guy that you just, like – you feel like there's so many of them, like JJ Hardy esque, just like the guy that just sat there for a while and just you're like, oh, there's Zach Cozart. So I have one like lasting memory of Zach Cozart. It's funny you mentioned the one time All Star because in 2017, uh, Joey Votto told Zach Cozart before the season, uh, if you make the All Star team, I'm going to give you a pet donkey. And he did. And Zach Cozart owns a donkey. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Look that up. That is great. Yeah. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, so I am going to take my first reliever off the board. Uh, you know, you know, this guy had other 
outstanding seasons, but you look at this year and you're like, okay, that can't be real. I'm talking about 2011 Eric O'Flaherty from the Atlanta Braves. He was a part of one of the best bullpens of all time with him and Craig Kimbrell in the back end there. But I mean, a 393 ELA plus in 2011, he never posted more than 233 in his career. What a scrub. Only got to 233 uh, again. But this season in particular was nuts. He had 3.3 baseball reference wins above replacement and 3.8 total. So uh, this year made up 86.8% of his career B-War, uh, which is awesome. And then from my next pick, I'm taking my DH role. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an interesting selection here because, you know, like Chris mentioned, some this is an active player, so it could be an old takes exposed. But I'm going to go bold on this one. I'm going for my DH. We're going 2019 Cody Bellinger. I had him. I really contemplated it. I really contemplated it. Yeah. I mean, listen, we've been talking about him replicating this season for four years now. He had a very good month of April, hasn't had a very good month of May. Uh, but this year in particular, you know, a, a 167 OPS plus uh, in a year that was filled with offense. So to accumulate that much OPS plus was pretty remarkable. Uh, his next best OPS plus in the season was his rookie year at 143. And he had 8.6 B-War this year. Uh, obviously, he was in a fantastic MVP race with Christian Yelich. But this year, as of this recording on May 24th, 2023, makes up 44.7 of his career B-War. So I am taking Cody Bellinger in 2019 to be my DH. Wow. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see the reactions on that one. Wow. That's, that's, Nico, that's, you were very shook. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that was like him and Ari Dickey were the two guys that I was like, I don't know if I want to put them here. I don't know if it's disrespectful, but, you know, I, I'm glad that we we crossed that line. Um, I'm also going with a current player, but I, not one that's, you know, expected to go crazy here. Um, where were you? I, I mean, I'm loving 2017, it looks like, with this draft board. <laughs> um, but we're going, we're going back over here because, you know, 26-year-old Avisail Garcia Looked like he was going to turn into something, you know, like, I mean, for a guy that has a 101 career OPS plus, he spit out a 138, made his only all-star team as well. Somehow put up 330, 380, 506. Again, another theme of only season having over a five slugging. Um, But this is, this was a guy that I heard a lot of memes where it was always like, if it's an odd, if it's an odd year, you know, he's not the giants, but it's the opposite. If it's an odd year, obviously I was going to have an above average season. But that is the only season of his career where he had an OPS plus that was over 120. And if so, he only had four where you could say he was really slightly, just barely above average. Um, so shout out Avisel Garcia. He's going to get DFA'd pretty soon. Uh, bye bye. On that contract? What is it, three years? Uh, yeah, I four, think so. No, I think it was four years, 53 million. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, that's a that's a I'm tough one right for, for the Marlins. He's got two years after this one at twelve million a year. Um, so for my next pick, I'm taking my second reliever, I believe, here. Um, and you know when you're looking at the single season saves leaders, uh, it's a very it's a lot of recognizable faces. First on that list, obviously, K-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez, Edwin Diaz, tied with the guy I'm about to pick at 57. Then below him, Eric Gagne with the legendary 2003 season. John Smoltz tied with him. 
Trevor Hoffman below Smoltz uh, and tied with Randy Myers and more notably Mariano Rivera at 53. But with 57 in 1990, the Chicago White Sox was a man named by the name of Bobby Thigpen, who uh, yes. in this year had 57 saves, as I mentioned, uh, a 2.11 ERA plus and finished fourth in the Cy Young. And I also believe top five in MVP voting. Uh, so I think it was more circumstance that he was able to do this well. Um, his 57 saves didn't even lead the White Sox to the playoffs, but he did his best. So, uh, yeah, shout out to, uh, shout out to 1990 Bobby Thigpen getting all those yeah. saves. He, uh, he got Cy Young votes that year, and it was a part of the electric 1990 American League Cy Young race that was, of course, won by the deserving Bob Welch uh, and not uh, Roger Clemens. If you want to mo- see the most outrageous uh, Cy Young vote of all time, check that one out. I will do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Last but not least for me, I believe I got two here. Um, why was John Axford the best reliever in baseball in 2011, or at least one of them? <laughs> I mean, he was up there, and then and then what? He finished ninth in Cy Young voting, seventeenth in MVP voting, led the league in saves of forty six. Chris, when you were doing that thing about how you were going to pick a reliever, I was like, oh man, I mean, might be John Axford. Uh, pretty happy it wasn't though. He posted a one point nine five ERA. Uh, after that, he was pretty much an average reliever at absolute best. Um, looking at his WAR right here, he produced a two point three WAR that year, just a four for his career. Uh, so, you know, not anything crazy, but with relievers, I was very happy to put the dominant John Axford, um, on my team to shore up the back end of my bullpen. I don't know if anyone here is as crazy about Diamond Dynasty as I am. However, I, I can account for at least four or five names that have had a breakout series card and then will be the show just for that season. John Axford was a, a God tier 81 overall reliever for me. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> Uh, and the last guy that I'm going to take is going to be my first baseman. Um, he didn't primarily play first base, but this year he did play uh, that position. And he was he's a guy that Nico mentioned the other day, just in passing. Um, so so props to Nico. I hope that he was on your list, but it's Michael Morse. I, I looked at him. I, I looked at him for a little bit. You know, I mean, 31 home runs, number one above 18 again. Hit 303 with a 910 OPS. Got regular at bats the next year, but only 406 of them, and then kind of was just the the platoon player, uh, like he was, was that a, the Giants in 2014. 2014, yeah, yeah, 2014 yeah. World Series champion. But that's not the year I'm talking about. I'm talking about 2011, uh, when his OPS plus was 147. Uh, his WAR that season was 4.1 uh, of his 9.6. Excuse me, that was offensive WAR. His WAR is even better than that. His WAR was 3.4. Uh, of his total career of four. So Mike Morse, a fantastic, fantastic 2011. Uh, one second here. Um, where's my MacBook? Sorry. Um, yeah, one of only one of my ports works for the uh for my MacBook, so I can only charge or. I uh, used my microphone and my, I was running out of battery. So I really needed to, uh, I really needed to remove the microphone, but yeah. So got to use the microphone for the last pick. Um, Got to go out with a bang here. 
for my last pick. It's a starting pitcher. And I mean, the selection of starting pitchers is absolutely amazing, in my opinion. Um, if you dig deep enough, you can really find a lot here. Um, and, you know, I'm going to I'm going to finish how I started here in the Union Association in 1884, where Hugh Daly struck out 483 batters. However, in no other season did he have more than 171. So <laughs> he, I probably associate it with the league he pitched in, but that is that is how amazing Hugh Daly, Hugh Daly did in 1884. 483 yeah. strikeouts, 312 more than any other season he ever had. And uh, yeah, I mean, it would be a crime not to have him selected in this draft. And I was at, I'm I'm happy I was able to uh, get him as my last shebang. Um, I'm going to end my draft with a pick from the heart. You know, anytime I can throw out this name, I will, whether it's in good or in bad. Um, But, you know, I left I left third base wide open for a reason. I knew he wasn't going to be touched. But the king of kings, Will Middlebrooks, came onto the scene. You thought he was. He was the future of the Sox at the hot corner. And then his whole body broke. Uh, and David Ross. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, a, in a shortened 75 games in 2012, he put up a 121. He really, you know, you know, he's he's with me forever. You know, I <laughs> so I, I had to leave. Who got you that card? Oh, ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a fantastic pick. Uh, very on brand, but, you know, I respect it. Uh, so I will be ending the draft by taking my second reliever. Um, if you're just now hearing about this guy for the first time, same. Uh, I learned about him today, but I am taking the best reliever on the 2006 NL West champion San Diego Padres. Wasn't the closer for this team because Trevor Hoffman was still there, there, but Clay Meredith put together an incredible season that's uh clay spelled cla uh he put up a 107 era in 50 50 and two-thirds innings pitch his only his next best season in the era was 350 and this is a 107 in 2006 uh 382 era plus his next best era plus in a season was 115 and lastly he put up 2.5 wins above replacement this season and he had three in his career so this season made up 83.3% of his career uh, baseball reference and wins of a replacement. And I, it is an honor to be finishing another fantastic draft with Clay Meredith. <laughs> He's a submariner, I think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to pull up a picture sure. of Clay Meredith for everyone. <laughs> sure. Just, uh, I mean, yeah, he... I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, nah, I think he was just a side armor, just a regular side side armor. So um, now that the draft is finished, would we like to uh, all go over our teams? Sounds well. good. Yeah, you start. Uh, we'll just go. We'll just go in draft order. So uh, at catcher, of course, the number one pick was 2014 Devin Mezzarocco. It was it was an honor uh, to to take him. My first baseman is 1961 Norm Cash. My second baseman is 1914, Duke Kenworthy. My third baseman is 1973, Daryl Evans. My shortstop is 2001, Rich Aurelia. My outfield is 2010, Andres Torres, 1905, Cy Seymour, and 1996, Bernard Gilkey. My DH is 2019, Cody Bellinger. 
And in my rotation, I got 2018 Blake Snell, 2018 Mike Boltonevich, and 1956 Herb Score. And in the bullpen, I got 2011 Eric O'Flaherty and 2006 Clay Meredith. What a draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have the draft order. I could think about it really quick, but why not just go? No, I just, I just went, I just went position by position. Um, 2003 Javi Lopez, 2019 Howie Kendrick, 2017 Marvin Gonzalez, bang, bang, bang. Uh, 2012 Will Middlebrooks, 2017 Zach Cozart. The outfield is 2013 Dom Brown, 2011 Jacoby Ellsbury. Uh, 2019, Danny Santana with Avisel Garcia as my DH from 2017. Uh, rotation is t- 2008, Dice K, 2000, Rick and Keel. And the only player that I selected not in the 2000s, 1934, Slim Jones. And the most elite bullpen here, I'm, I'm standing by that. Uh, 2015, Justin Grimm and 2021, Aaron Loop. Yeah, that's good. That's that's good stuff. Uh, my so yeah, um, my catcher is 2011 Alex Avila. Uh, my first baseman Blockata 2007 Carlos Pena. Second baseman is uh one of the best value picks you can have 1884 Fred Dunlap. Uh, third base, uh, 2012 Chase Headley. Shortstop 1969 Rico Petroselli. In my outfield, it's 2000 Darren Erstad, 1887 Tip O'Neill, and 2000 Richard Hidalgo. I'm sure uh, the 2000 boys are going to welcome in 1887 <laughs> Tip O'Neill. Just, just all, just fine. Um, at DH, I got 2015 Chris Calabello. My starting staff is 2018 Kyle Freeland, 1964 Dean Chance, and 1884 Hugh Daly. A real mix of eras right there. And uh, for out of the pen. I got 1973 John Hiller and uh, 1990 Bobby Thigpen. Um, all right. And uh, Rob, what is your team? Right before like? I start, I just looked up the 1990 Cy Young Award race, and I don't think that Welch should have came in first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. Never mind. What are you talking about, dude? The guy won, like, what, 27 games? 27 games, yep. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know about that. I mean, that's what it's about. So I'm probably just you can make a case that everyone else who got votes had a better season than he did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I catch I got 2019 Mitch Garber. First base, 2011 Mike Morse. Second base, 2016 Ruggie Odor. Uh, third base, 1970 Billy. Grabber. What, what did you say? Grabber. <laughs> Kowitz. Something like that. I don't even know. Shortstop Brandon Crawford, outfield 1996 Brady Anderson, 1970 Cito Gaskin, uh, Gaston, and 1996 Ellis Burks. At DH, I got 2019 Max Kepler at at starting pitcher, 2012 R.A. Dickey, represent, uh, 1997 Sean Eastus, and 2016 Aaron Sanchez. And in the pen, I got 2010 Evan Meek and 2011 John Axford. Wonderful draft. Wonderful, wonderful draft. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the uh, watch the draft as it happens, go to the YouTube channel. It's called Above Replacement Radio. And uh, check out the digital content as well. Um, check out all the other drafts. 
episode 200, 150, and 100 uh, on both YouTube and the Apple Podcasts and Spotify streams. This was our fourth one. So uh, happy, uh, happy this is a tradition that we keep on going with. Um, and uh, along with that, if you are watching on YouTube and want to check out the audio-only streams, go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the um, audio-only streams. They're called Above Replacement Radio. If you all fo- if you want to follow us on, if you want to follow the hosts on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. What's the what's the social medias for our uh, guests here? Uh, that's going to be Nico underscore Facella on Twitter. Uh, as if I tweet out the hot takes, but every once in a while I'll spit out an NBA stat. <laughs> Love that. And I am uh, Robert underscore Dickey 11 on Twitter as well. Nico, awesome. you got a podcast to plug? Uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> maybe. Well, we won't plug it because we don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. And if you want to follow the show Instagram, follow at Above Replacement Radio on Instagram for all the show needs. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time, where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Uh, not once again, but uh, again after you know, not not this time, but we but we're gonna we're gonna get back to it. So we'll see you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.